Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am Hammond Chamberlain. You certainly are. And this is an episode all about the band ABBA. A-B-B-A, ABBA. Before we jump into this, I want to know your earliest interaction with ABBA. Oh, my earliest, I had never interacted with Well, you know what I mean. Like uh, the first time I know that, what you mean. that you... Um, it was probably, you know, in the 70s, Dancing Queen, hearing Dancing Queen on the radio and hearing hearing stuff, you know, hits right along there. I think that would be it. Oh, and then and, and kind of forgot about them. And then the thing that really sealed me back into full respect for ABBA and like going out and getting ABBA gold and uh, and being hooked on them was Muriel's Wedding. Okay. That that thing really got me back into it. Because other than that, like, you know, they were, it was a constant, Dancing Queen, I think, was always on the playlist for weddings when I was DJing weddings. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that would, those, that would be the other prominent thing for me is just having to play them a lot at weddings or specifically that song. How about you? What was your, what's your earliest? So in abolition, when I was in (laughs) third grade, we'd moved to, we moved from when my parents were going to college, we moved to Germany and we were living in this, we were living in the second story of of a building in Waldorf, Germany. And my parents had bought one of the big stereos with the cassette player and the separate tuner unit with the radio and the big speakers yeah. And they they bought like four or five cassettes. And I remember a couple of them. Uh, one of them was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, the, the one that's drawn. I can't remember the name of the, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the album off the top of my head, but it's it's got like multicolored sketchy little art on it. Okay. And where's that one? And then the other one that I did remember, oh, uh, the other one was uh, Renegade Sticks. Oh, cool. The album had Renegade on it. And then another one I remember was uh, Voulez-Vous by ABBA. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that was played a lot in the house. And hmm. I, I I really loved it because it was catchy. It was poppy. And it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was great. And, and third grade me loved it. And then, <laughs> well, we're going to talk about another very specific memory, but uh, to do with them in Germany. But it was later on. But it, I, I've really don't think they've ever left my consciousness since then. Because really, in college, okay. in college, when I was working at the dance club, they played them still. Always at school dances, they played them still. When I was in in a post college world. Uh, Abba Gold came out. I bought it. I never saw Muriel's Wedding. I still haven't seen it. Um, So it's been, I've always enjoyed them because of that early, early experience. And I don't think I've ever gone. I don't know, maybe even, I don't, I would say, I don't think there's been a year that I haven't listened to one of their albums all the way through. Oh, really? Since third grade. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still a dead believer in no matter who covers ABBA, whether it be, you know, Cannibal Corpse or Rick Astley, it's always going to be a cannibal. It's always, I mean, it's always going to sound like an ABBA song. <laughs> no matter who covers it, right. ABBA's ABBA, no matter what. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's great. Uh, ABBA, ABBA is ABBA. Yeah. Indeed. You can't, you can't deny 
you, you can't hide the chord structures or the um, harmonies. There's just, mm-hmm. you can't hide that. It's always going to be there. Nope, that's uh, that's absolutely true. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Yeah, there's, there's uh, uh, and my God, they're catchy. You yep. you pointed that out to me during te- over text <laughs> when we were talking about this episode. And uh, uh, you could not have been more accurate with that assessment. Well, even I went on a cruise in October mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. had an ABBA trivia competition, which I came in third because the you other the women- this episode? Yeah, the other women- on this thing had lived every second of Muriel's wedding in Mamma Mia. And okay. I didn't, I did not stand a chance. Really? Okay. But you had already written the notes yes. for this episode uh-huh. before that. Yes. Okay. That's so fantastic. that's why I did as well as I did. But compared to those women, I didn't stand a chance. And even Stacy's like, you're going to lose this. Just go ahead and prepare for that. <laughs> was there a prize for second place? No, there, there actually, there were no prizes. And the woman who was okay. running the trivia competition was saying, okay, don't cheat because there's no prizes. It's not worth it's, anything. We're yeah, just having right. a good time here. So yeah. anyway, so uh, that cruise in October, yeah. the songs were stuck in my head from then until, <laughs> I don't know, probably December. And then, of oh course, I gosh. re-listened to this because of getting ready for the show. And so now I've got them all stuck in my head again. It's They are they are masters of the infectious hook. Yep. Uh, they do such a great job with that. And... Um, you know, I guess that 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 speaks to all of them, right? Because they all somehow contribute to the writing, or who who all? Well, <laughs> let's go for <laughs> it. Silly question, because we're going to talk about yeah, who the writers are. Why yeah. don't we do that? Yep. Uh, all right. The band ABBA formed in Sweden in 1972. The members were and are and have always been Agnetha Faltsog, Bjorn Olveus, Benny Anderson, and Anna Fried or Frida Lingstad. They became one of the most popular groups of all time with chart-topping releases in 74, 82, and even 2021. (laughs) Benny Anderson had been in a group called the Hep Stars, which had been called the Swedish Beatles. Uh, He started writing music and many of his songs became hits. So No Response reached number three in 1965. And it's it's early, it's pre-ABBA, but I mean, Benny and and, uh, Bjorn are amazing pop songwriters. The thing for you. It's like a hot and burning fire. No one has thrilled me like you do. You never make me to retire. That's no response. And um, not just pop songwriters, but musical mm-hmm. songwriters too, which I know we're going to be yep. talking about yep. ju- based on just, I know your background, so there'd be no way you'd let us miss uh, talking about that. <laughs> uh, Sunny Girl Wedding and Consolation all reached number one in 1966, uh, written by Benny. Bjorn started singing at the age of 18 when he fronted the Hoot Nanny Singers. Is that is that from, uh, did we learn about them on uh, Mighty Wind? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's just a little thing about this. Uh, he and I share a birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> Different years. Yes, it, very much. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the Hep Stars and the Hootenanny Singers would cross paths from time to time. Again, both both of them sound like they're from Mighty Wind. Now that I say it, the Swedish but, version of Mighty Wind. Right, uh, Mighty Wind. Uh, <laughs> and the two men started talking and eventually wrote a song together. Yeah, that first song was called "Isn't It Easy." 
Oh, cool. Uh, during the Eurovision Song Contest, Benny, it's so funny how outside of the U.S., so few people are inside the U.S., so few people know about the Eurovision Song Contest. And well, yeah. I only know about it because it's of, called the Eurovision Song Contest, not the American well, Song Contest. Yeah, but it's still like, it's, it is such a huge thing in Europe that you'd think even just by way, I mean, you know, we people here know about the London Tube system. They know about... Uh, the Eiffel Tower. They know about. Yeah, uh, but when it comes to cultural ethnocentricity, yeah, Americans got it nailed down. Is it because we don't really have? We have buildings, we have monuments, we have uh, food system. You know, foods that are that are unique to the U.S., but we don't really have a cultural a cultural song contest yeah. that we could kind of I compare mean, this. American to. Idol is the closest we come to, and that's a pale yeah. comparison. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, practically transparent. It's such a pale comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during the Eurovision Song Contest, Benny had his first meeting with his future wife Anna Fried, who was also singing and performing. Agnetha had a number one hit at eighteen. She had a number of big hits, which were which were all written for her, which was a rarity for a woman in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, she also played Mary Magdalene in the original Swedish production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, cool. In 1970, the four traveled to Cyprus together and found that there was a natural chemistry and started writing together as a group. In 1970, Lika, Lika, Lika was released. It was a project that Benny and Bjorn had written that Annie and Agnetha sang on. Falskog and Olveus were married in 1971. She's My Kind of Girl was released in March of 1972 by Epic Records in Japan, and that became a huge top 10 hit. Before we get too far into this episode, we know there's a lot more to the history and impact than just the albums that we're going to be covering here. So if we covered all of that, we would just have to call this the Abacast. So just covering the albums. Yeah, that's all we really have time for because for sure. in, in the time between the, the last album in the core and the yeah. album that came out in 2021, there's a whole yep. bunch of history and other projects and songs and solo projects yeah, and I mean, musicals and stuff yeah, like that. We so. really could do an entire season just on them and their yeah. projects if we if we dove too far in. And movies and adaptations yeah. and so what stuff we're, like what that, we're which doing we've is, kind of already touched on. Yeah. What we're basically doing is the rock skipping across the lake of ABBA. <laughs> Very good. Just the ripples on the surface. Yeah, we are, we are uh, skipping over Lake Abba. And that first ripple is uh, Ring Ring from was released in Scandinavia and parts of Europe in 1973, but wasn't released in the UK and in the USA until 1992. The first single, People Need Love, was recorded in 1972, and of course the title track also became a hit for them. It was recorded in Swedish and in English. 
There's and there is a lot of that as you go through their catalog, a lot of albums and a lot of bonus tracks that are the uh, the international versions of their songs. Well, and, and uh, they also sing there are other other songs that are released in like Spanish and in yeah, like they were really worldwide, uh, like universally trying to make every get everyone to to feel like their songs are for them. Totally. Yep. Yeah, there's a whole album that's in Spanish. It's like Abba's Abba Gold, but it's uh, I guess Abba Oro. Yeah, and it's all Spanish versions of uh, of their hits, and then some German stuff. And it's great. It's so cool hearing all that because you 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 know the music kicks in. You're like, oh, I know what this is. You want to start singing along to it, and then all of a sudden it's in a completely different uh, language. It's crazy. Uh, She's My Kind of Girl was originally recorded for an adult film, Inga Two: The Seduction of Inga. <laughs> The Inganing. <laughs> electric <laughs> electric Boogening. Uh, it's been remastered a couple times, once in 97 for the remaster series, and then again in 2001, and then again in 2005 for the box set. There are multiple versions of this a- album with varying track lists. I mean, and that's the thing that also happens throughout this entire catalog is that- yeah. That it's released in the U.S., it's released in Europe, it's released in Japan, it's released in Australia, it's released in, like, South Africa, and every single release has a different track listing. Different songs on it, yeah, which is, you know, hey, we've added this song for this one. Or we removed this one because it just doesn't work. It's it's weird, yeah, it's strange, yeah. Yeah. In 1974, they released the album Waterloo, the title track, won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974, also became a global hit, and launched the group into stardom. Uh, it's And it's such a big hit, like one of my favorite songs of all time, so that's kind of the reason I felt like I, I couldn't put it in my playlist. So I'm just going to mention it here. I love the song Waterloo. That, that along with its performance in the movie Muriel's Wedding is what got me back into ABBA or got me into ABBA, I should say. And what's weird is it's named after a water park from San Dimas, California. It is that uh, Napoleon famously uh, uh, enjoyed. And, and I guess that's why they mentioned Napoleon in the song. How did they know yeah. about Bill and Ted? Oh, because of time travel. Duh. I was going to say, they're time travelers. Yeah, exactly. Totally makes sense. Uh, a recording sheet from the session show ABBA. And this is the first time that the name was used in a written context. So the song King Kong song almost yeah. made my list. While doing the notes, though, I noticed that the members think this is actually one of their weaker songs. And to that I say, what do they know? How do they know what people are going to connect with and what's going to resonate with people? Uh, We also haven't mentioned yet that ABBA, the uh, first initials of all the four members of the band, we haven't uh, even touched on that. But uh, if that, and I can't imagine there's anybody 
listening to this that didn't already know that, but just in case you didn't, yep, that's the name where the name ABBA comes from. Uh, Honey, Honey was the second single. By the way, Ring, Ring, Honey, Honey, you're going to see a lot of repetition yes, in titles it, throughout it, the catalog. And it's funny, it's it's weird that, so there's a, this songwriting thing where you kind of repeat yourself to kind of yeah. get the rhythm in and the certain consonants in and... It's called the McCartney factor. Yeah, it's it's something that's known. <laughs> I just think it's interesting they took that and just translated it right into their titles. Right into the titles. So many titles uh, are are repeated words or or, or repeated phrases. Yeah. Uh, again, there are a few various track listings for releases of Waterloo throughout the years. 1975 saw what I'd call the first of their self-titled albums. This one called ABBA. Uh, features the hits SOS, I Do, I Do, I Do, and Mamma Mia. They touched on reggae with uh, Tropical Loveland, Loveland. I'm from Colorado. We have a town called Loveland. It also contains a Keith Emerson-inspired intermezzo number one, which I really liked. I thought that was so fun. And and that's that's foreshadowing into the other very vivid memory I have of Germany. Germany. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that now? No, no. It, it made it, my list, so I'll tell it then. Gotcha. Good to do that. Yeah, that one triggered a memory of a band I'd forgotten about called Crumbucker Duke, which was a... A Christian rock band. There were a few Christian rock bands that I liked, even though, you know, that I, I'm a heathen. <laughs> I'm a blasphemous <laughs> heathen. Uh, uh, Steve Taylor being one, Crumbacher Duke being another. And Crumbacher Duke, uh, also European. I don't know where from specifically, but but German, I would assume, based on Crumbacher. Uh, they have a very similar staccato keyboard female vocalist kind of style in no way were they not influenced by oh, ABBA yeah. but uh, but that intermezzo number one made me say oh I need to go back and listen to some Crumbucker so Duke the name of your man is Humbucker Duke <laughs> Crumbucker Crumbucker Duke Crumbucker Duke okay which makes me wonder if they're the the antithesis of them would be the Husker Du <laughs> sure or Husker Du depending on how you Husker want to, Du yeah which uh, is a band named after a board game uh, like a concentration style board game. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start. With, uh, I think we should start a band and call it Operation. <laughs> and every song would end with a buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. The next, uh, they released uh, the best of ABBA. Then in 1975 and then greatest hits also in 1975. All right. I just want to point this out that, they, they've had three albums, and they're yeah. already releasing two greatest hits collections. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nearly half of their releases have been greatest hits releases. So, <laughs> I will say it's not undeserved, but back then, yeah. it's kind of an ego. I mean, that's kind of a huge flex. Yeah, but it's not the band deciding that, right? No. It's the label saying, oh, well, we they've got like eight songs that people bought those albums for. I bet we can put them all onto one album and sell it. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's just it's just really funny that that so early in the in the run because there are bands that oh, ha- sure. that have been around for I don't know forty years and still haven't right. released a greatest hits album. I'm looking at you, Metallica. I'm looking at 
No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. There's a bluegrass band that whose name is not coming to mind right now. Uh, they do covers, bluegrass covers of rock songs. Oh, Iron and, Horse or is it uh, Hazy Dixie? I don't think it's either of those. Those oh, are the, okay. those are the two obvious ones. But then there's this this third one that um, that all of their album releases have been greatest hits. Oh, so that's funny. their first album was just called Greatest Hits One, Volume One. That's really. Funny. What was the what did the Traveling Wilburys do? They had that was just it was just called Volume One and yeah. Volume Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was never a volume two released. Because <laughs> Jeff Lynn's a little bit of a joker. All right. 1976 saw the arrival of Arrival. This was their most successful album to that time. So everything to this point had been the foundation of their now global superstardom. Uh, that album, by the way, features Money, Money, Money and Dancing Queen and Knowing Me, Knowing You, as well as Fernando. Money, Hawaii is another one that almost made my list, but I stuck to five. Unlike, oh, really? Yeah. Unlike other unlike people somebody, I know. You know, you don't, I didn't tell you to stick to no, five. No, I know. You've, you've, broken I, the, you've broken that wall before. Oh, I know. I'm not saying I haven't. I'm just poking, <laughs> I'm just poking fun. Yes. Uh, Fernando, by the way, is about the limit for me on the, the melodramatic ABBA that I can take. The uh, we talked about this a lot with Sabotage, where you know what what really pulled me away from their music was the 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 slathered thick melodrama in yeah. some of their songs, and ABBA is notorious for that. I can do Fernando, I can't do the Winner Takes It All. No, like winter, when I get to that takes, one on ABBA Gold. Oh my gosh, Winner Takes It All is when I I I listen to it like. Once in a while, but most of the time I'm skipping it. And I don't know, uh, I'd have to go back to the uh, the tape and see uh, who was first, them or uh, Air Supply on that chord progression because I feel like making That's, love out of nothing at all is the same chord progression as the winner takes it all. Yeah, I bet you. Wow. That, there's <laughs> all a, 1978 or 76, 77, yeah. whatever it was. So I feel so. like that's an epic rack battle. That needs to happen. <laughs> the winner, or a great mashup. The winner yeah. takes making love out of nothing at all. <laughs> the winner makes nothing make, makes love out of nothing at all. The winner makes love out of taking nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody take that, run with it. It's a million dollar idea right there. In June of 1976, there was a TV special released called Abba Dabba Doo Doo, <laughs> and uh, we need to find that on YouTube. In 1977, they released ABBA, the album, not to be confused with the album from 1975 called ABBA. Uh, This was released in December of 1977. Because of demand for the album, plans could not, or plants could not press enough copies for that Christmas season. So it wasn't released in the UK until the next January. So it's kind of like the Star Wars figures that year. Remember how they sold the empty box? It totally was. You got the empty box. You got the promise of action figures. Yep. Uh, it was released with ABBA, the movie. That makes sense. So this is really ABBA, the soundtrack. So this album feels a little bit darker than some of the others. The songs are a little bit more serious. Yeah. 
still very danceable, but they're yeah, they're quite not it's, as they're not as perky. Yeah, and it says a lot for a band that really thrives on perky tunes. Yeah. Uh, the album contained the singles Take a Chance on Me, The Name of the Game, Eagle, and Thank You for the Music, all of which charted in the top 10. There was a mini tour musical called The Girl with the Golden Hair that was performed on the European and Australian dates. That's a long title for the musical. Just kidding. It's <laughs> waiting for, I know, waiting I, for the... <laughs> no, my punctuation, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm not at all. I'm just thinking that was a really funny uh, musical <laughs> called The Girl with the Golden Hair was, that was performed. <laughs> anyway, not to be confused with Inga, The Awakening. Yeah. Uh, 1979, they released uh, Hammond's album, Voulez-vous. This is French for Do You Want To? We all know that from, uh, uh, from Lady Marmalade. Five hit singles were released from this album. Chikatita, Does Your Mother Know, I Have a Dream, and Voulez-Vous, uh, as well as Angel Eyes. So this was oh, the first I, album that I remember listening to of theirs, like we talked about. And, yeah. you know, when I when I got to this in The Thing, I was taken right back to the all of the, the memories of third grade in Waldorf, Germany. I mean, it was kind of shocking how much, like, sense memory I have with this album in particular. Yeah. I can see why. And and I think if if you were to say to the average person, hey, if I'm not getting a greatest hits album, what ABBA album should I buy? I'd have a hard time not saying this one. Yeah, I would I would say this one because it's a great, regardless of if it's the greatest hits or it has the most songs that people know, this is a great yeah. starting point to go in either direction. It is, yeah, it totally is. And it's also got Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight, mm-hmm. or at least the U.S. release bonus track version does. Um, I Have a Dream, which, uh, oh, we mentioned in the in the uh, thing, which I don't think was a U.S. hit because I wasn't familiar with this until recently hearing a cover album that included it. So one of my favorite but, covers, since you mentioned it, is uh, Yngwie yeah. J. Malmsteen, not to be confused yeah. with the other Yngwie Malmsteen that's out there. Uh, what? No, I'm kidding. No, no, no way. I'm, I'm okay, kidding. I was going to say, please tell me there are two of those guys <laughs> no, running around. Yngwie J. Malmsteen did a cover of Gimme, 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 <laughs> and he actually changed the lyric to love instead of man. Oh, love after midnight. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he changed the lyric to love, love, love a man after midnight. <laughs> no, and I can't what take is- credit for that joke because that's a... Uh, uh, that's a Spinal Tap joke. Uh, it's a deep cut Spinal Tap joke. Oh, what is the Ingve J Moms? No, the Ingve J Moms. Oh, not to be con- not gotcha. confused okay. with the other Ingve Moms. Oh, darn! Because the next thing I was about to ask you is, do you know what the J stands for? I'd be really curious to oh, know. Gosh. With, with first and last names like Ingve and Malmstein, he better have something epic for a middle name. It's Jimmy. But, yeah, I was going to say Ray. Ingvay Ray Melmstein. <laughs> <laughs> be such a disappointment. Uh, this was the uh, the first, Voulez-vous, by the way, was the first uh, ABBA album recorded in their own studio, which is Polar Studios in Sweden. 
A song for this album was written called Just an Ocean, but it got scrapped and it didn't get released until Voyage. Summer Night City was released as a single in 1978, but it didn't do well in the charts and Bjorn regretted releasing it. This album really embraced the disco era. It totally did. Right down, not just from the music, but even the cover. Like you look at that cover and you know, I want to know how many lines of Coke were snorted on that album cover from various people who owned it. And I mean, look, 1979 is a rough year for 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 music because disco was taking over. So Kiss yeah. leaned into it. Uh right. everybody leaned into it. And I guess there's no shame because it was popular and that was what people did. Uh and right. some of it's held up to some of it's held up better than others to varying levels of success and failure. Yep. Uh, history's yeah. kinder to ABBA than they are to Kiss. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's all because uh Kiss the name wasn't formed by the the first names no. of the four members of no. the band. No, Paul, Paul, Gene, Ace, and Peter did yeah, not. This would be Gap. <laughs> G-A-P-P, Gap. <laughs> and the Gap band was already taken. Uh, it was already taken, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a greatest hits, uh, three albums since we've had a greatest hits album. So why not now? Greatest hits volume two was released in 1979. The next year, Super Trooper was released. This featured the melodramatic, the winner takes it all, as well as the title track, Super Trooper, the biggest singles from the album. So this song is about the follow spot lights, the Super Trooper what band. What is the follow spot? So in theater and in concerts, the big bright light yeah. that focuses directly on the f- singer and uh, follows them around, those are called follow spots. Oh, and, like a follow spotlight. Gotcha. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, the song is about them. And I've got the, a joke. The super in my, Trooper is the person that like runs the follow spot. No, no, the name. That's a name brand. It's a Super Trooper. Oh, spot, really? Follow spot brand. Oh, yeah. the spotlight. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So cool. in my in my brain, I have come up with a a, a a parody that needs to happen, where you have the five zero first performing yeah. Super Trooper, but <laughs> the spotlights <laughs> never hit the performers. They always oh, miss. They just keep missing. Like they hit the wall. And yeah, they they're, the they're just off. They're, yeah, they're just off to the left or right <laughs> every time. Oh, uh, that the sad thing is, you're 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 looking for the person that both knows the uh, theater and Super Trooper, the brand of Spotlight, as well as ABBA and the, Star Wars. Uh, typical Star Wars nerd and ABBA. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, a, <laughs> that is a tiny little little uh, <laughs> diagram. Uh, you're you're standing right in the middle of it, but uh, I was only on two thirds of it. I would have missed it. <laughs> yeah. Because they're dressed as stormtroopers, uh, what also makes it even funnier. So it has to be the 501st yes. that does it. Like disco stormtroopers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God, this is what a great idea. So instead of the orange, uh, the orange shoulder pad that some of them have, they have to be covered in, yeah. in uh, like glitter and rhinestones. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, with with over the shoulder uh, 
excuse me, like toga looking, you know. Oh, we, um, we also need a boa. So one of them's got to be wearing a boa. One of them has to wear a boa. So it never made sense. The You know, tonight the super trooper, the super trooper lights are going to find me. Mm-hmm. It's like totally makes sense now that I know the <laughs> meaning. That's great. I thought... I don't know why I was thinking like it was the SS or something. Like no, the, yeah, yeah. The, the Super Trooper the, brand. And the thing is, is that they got these huge xenon gas light bulbs in them that burn, yeah. burn super hot. And one of the theaters I worked in actually had two Super Troopers in this theater that was probably, the lights were probably too powerful for the theater they were in. Sure. But my my wife was running spotlights with another guy up in, the, for the for uh, 1776 and uh-huh. he put his face next to the spotlight <sighs> and actually burned himself on his cheek and part of oh on his God. face because they are running so hot. But the thing is, is oh. those xenon gas bulbs, when they burn out, they still are like highly dangerous things. So like if you drop one, they don't just break. Yeah. They explode and oh, like leave craters in concrete with the concussive power <laughs> of the gas escaping from the glass. Ugh. Oh God. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, I'd never really, I, I've, I've been in theater. I've been, you know, on stage as an actor for a couple productions of things. Now you're making me glad I never worked behind the scenes. Cause that sounds it's, scary. dangerous, yeah, and horrendous. Mean, There's some, there's some, there's some risks in it, but yeah. And wow. especially, and you have to change them a certain way. Cause if you get your fingerprints on them, then the, get the, the oils from your fingers heat up on the glass and cause it to explode and, and break. So you have to wear special gloves yeah. and and have to put him in a certain way. And it's all kind of hold your breath and, and pray that nothing goes wrong kind of installation on those bulbs. Wow. Jeez. <sighs> <laughs> Sounds like hell. All right. Back to, back to Super Trooper, the album. Uh, this, by the way, was the largest selling album uh, of 1980 in the UK, which is saying a lot because... It's not a UK, it's not a, a British band. And and that was the beginning of the prominence of New Wave mm-hmm. in uh, uh of New Wave in the UK. This was also a return to the more straightforward pop sound, not not as dark as the last couple albums. Uh Gracias por la Musica in nineteen eighty. This was a compilation of Spanish language songs that was released in Spanish speaking countries, as well as Japan and Australia. Also, the uh, appropriately, the cover looked like an airmail envelope with the little red and blue stripes on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1981, they released The Visitors. This was a move away from the lighter pop sound that uh, they had embraced prior to this album. And for me, if you take away all the greatest hits, this is easily my favorite ABBA album. So in other words, if you, you know, you don't say, all right, Dancing Queen and uh, uh, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight and I Do, I Do, I Do, et cetera, right? This, for whatever reason, was my favorite of the albums discovering this time around. So is this in spite of what you just said about Voulez-Vous a few minutes ago? Yes, because Voulez-Vous, I would say, if you're telling the person, if you want the uh, ultimate ABBA album for somebody who's coming into this and they don't know the greatest hits, I would say get Voulez-Vous. Okay. But for me, The Visitors was a more enjoyable album. Yeah. It was less... It was less a representation of ABBA, which Voulez-Vous is 100%. Uh, 
I think it was, it's the fact that Visitors is so different from everything ABBA had released before, while Voulez-Vous encapsulates it. You know, if you played this backwards, it actually talked about the greys and being abducted and anal probes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> great. Great. ABBA phone home. Uh this was uh, seen by other people as a more complex and mature album. Uh, not surprising at all. A lot of melodrama, which I obviously, you know, again, tend to shy away from, but we'll talk about, we'll talk about it in my playlist because this, this made me break my rules for my playlist. The Visitors has an ominous synth sound and a different vocal approach by Frida. When all is said and done, explore the pain of Benny and Frida splitting up, and one of us also tells the tale of the end of a love story. one of the first albums to be digitally recorded and mixed and one of the earliest to be pressed on CD. This predates the Japanese release of Billy Joel's 52nd Street. So it's up there early. It is. I always, I always thought that this was the first CD, like basically, and I guess it's really hard to say that, right? Because a CD pressing plant has to produce multiple CDs at once or else it's like, okay, well, uh, Here's your first CD. It's a, a million copies of ABBA, The Visitors. But uh, um, when trivia comes up about what was the first CD ever pressed, I always say it's The Visitors by ABBA. And do you win? I think so. I'm trying to remember what it's like. It's uh, maybe, maybe it's asked the opposite way because that'd be too difficult. Like ABBA's The Visitors is credited as the first what? Okay. So I, the first CD. Or in what year? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Something like that, yeah. Okay. And it's it's crazy to think that CDs were around five years before I got my CD player. Because I thought I was on so cutting edge in 1986 when, oh, when I got a CD player. I didn't player, get mine I, until 89, 89? Uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't get my first one until 89 because Metallica's Injustice for All was my first CD. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And then my first DVD was Metallica's Cunning Stunts. So there's a trend. <laughs> yes, there is. Oh. <laughs> oh, 1982 saw the release of The Singles, The First Ten Years. Yes, uh, another Greatest Hits album. Between 1992 and 2006, seven other compilations were released, plus the soundtrack to the musical Mamma Mia. Uh, in the years between The Visitors and their next album, Voyage, the four members did a lot of things on their own. Most notably was Benny and Bjorn working musicals like Chess, One Night in Bangkok, written by half of ABBA. There was a French children's musical called Abracadabra that used 14 ABBA songs and zero by the Steve Miller Band. There was a huge rise in interest surrounding ABBA as well. Everyone seemed to do covers and tributes to them. A lot of heavy metal tributes to ABBA out oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Black Sweden being my favorite, where they do mashups of ABBA songs with other metal songs. It's fantastic. In 2018, it was announced that there was going to be two new songs recorded. I Still Have Faith, of you, faith in You and Don't Shut Me Down. 
Later in 2018, it was released that Bjorn had partnered with ILM to create a video and show using avatars. Oh, gosh. Uh, sorry. I just, even now, I cringe when I hear the name. Sorry. <laughs> Hearing that, it sounds like just the same response as NFTs. Yeah. Avatars. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so you can tell how I feel about it. But it yeah. was, it was, it was uh, later stated that in the wake of the pandemic, this was going to be put on hold, which is probably to its benefit. Very indefinite hold. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, granted, they did this with DO, they've done it with Tupac to various levels sure. of success. But I, I, I don't know if holographic ABBA is what the world wants and or needs. If I could watch a, an ABBA concert with avatars on my Oculus Quest from the comfort of my own home, I would do it. I'd be in. Okay. That would be fine. I don't want to go to a place and watch, watch, uh, go to a concert and watch video avatars okay. dancing around. Thank you very much. Okay. So that place in Vegas, the VR, the Sphere. Is that yes. open yet? No. Uh, the, okay. the Madison, what's called the MSG Sphere, which is the Madison Square Garden Sphere. And I don't know why they didn't just play into it and call it the Madison Sphere Garden. Yes, right, that makes more sense. But yes. it's a VR arena, right? It's a, it's going to be a concert. It, I don't think it's, um, I like don't an, think it's specifically VR. No, it's going to be like a concert venue. Okay, but- if I were going to see this kind of show anywhere, that might be the only yeah. place you could talk me into going. Yeah, I could see that. What about to like an IMAX movie theater with a with the 3D glasses? Okay, well, I saw I saw uh, through the never there, so I guess I could see ABBA there. Oh, there you go. I also see. saw Katy Perry in the similar setting, so that that part of me. Oh, was, interesting. That was that's actually a lot better than it probably should have been. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'd actually like to see Katy Perry in concert. I think she's still speaking of Vegas. I think she's still at Resorts World. Oh, wow. I'd have to see a show while I'm in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> there you go. In September of 2020, the members of ABBA entered the studio in London. And the next year, they released 2021's Voyage. It was 40 years between albums. And uh, the song Don't Shut Me Down... Listening to that uh, borrows so many musical elements from Dancing Queen. It's crazy. But it's, uh, but how many, I mean, I think at some point all ABBA is is kind of feeding on itself. I mean, ABBA Ooh, begets more. It again. I know, I know. Listen, but ABBA begets yeah. ABBA begets ABBA. So there's a lot of I elements they reuse. But yes, I do agree that this is almost yeah. a, a reskinned Dancing Queen. They use they use the uh, piano yes. that, that begins Dancing Queen. They use it in two spots in that song. I think it's, I would think it's almost their sequel to Dancing Queen. Ooh. Kind of like, uh, Duran Duran did that chauffeur uh, song sequel. Yes. Uh, Just an Ocean and Little Things were also released as singles. And there was also a digital concert residency in London that started in May of 2022. Yeah, so this actually is kind of the avatars, but a little bit better off. This shows digital versions of the group as they were in 1977. It's cool. It's very cool. 
That I'd like to see too. Uh, that I'd like to see more than the avatars thing, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we we talked about the, the the name and everything. When they came out with the first album after the divorces happened, the splits, it should have been A slash B B slash A. That'd be such a great way to kind of play into that. Cause it's kind of like the Fleetwood Mac thing, right? Where everybody everybody oh. was breaking up with everybody else in that band. Didn't one of them just pass away just like this week? Yeah, Christine McVie. Um well, not this, uh, in December, beginning of December, Christine McVie oh, passed away. I thought she away. passed yeah. away more recently than that. No, I, I was able to get the uh, the Christine McVie tribute out before all of my other December okay. planned all episodes right. of Coverville. So yeah, it was we, really... we just lost Barbara Walters, which is sad. Yeah, and uh, and the um, one of the Pointer Sisters, the yep. lead, vo- the, the vocalist who's most prominently featured uh, as a lead vocalist. The, the lead Pointer. The lead pointer, and I feel horrible that I can't remember her first name. I can't hear her name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, hey, back to ABBA, and back to you, Hammond, with some statistics and general notes. All right. So they are one of the best-selling groups in musical history and have had an influence over every kind of music in every band. I think anyone that harmonizes after 1975 pulls on ABBA in some way, shape, or form, Uh, especially pop music world, uh, pop music in, in general. Um the thing I always say, no matter what, and I've said this before in the episode, that when an ABBA song is covered, you know it's an ABBA song. You can dip, yeah. you can dip it in whatever you want, but you're always going to end up with ABBA kind of shining through and poking out and going, hey, by the way, it's an ABBA song. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you can drop keys. You can do all kinds of things to it. But no matter what, it's still an ABBA song. You can always tell it's an ABBA song. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, they have defined a style. They have also, um, performed for what, what is it now? uh, 61 years together or Mm -hmm. or however long it's been and never had a lineup change. You don't have an ABBA album that just has three of the members. Yep. Which good thing, because it would be called Bah or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so when I first when I was when I first thought about ABBA as a name, I didn't know their names. I thought they were actually doing a rhyme scheme, like A B B A. I actually thought which, they were making a reference to the rhyme schemes, which they might also like. That might have been a tongue in cheek, you know, other other part of it because that is absolutely a a common like ABBA cab. I, I I've figured that yeah. that's about rhyme scheme. So. I don't yeah, know. That was Abacab was actually a, an ABBA album that where they had Charlie Watts join them on drums for one uh, album. <laughs> and Phil Collins. And Phil Collins. <laughs> no, it has to be, oh, it gives Abacab, not yeah. Abacab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to uh, uh, the Stairway to Heaven song. So uh, let's say you you make it out to see an ABBA concert and you see them in person instead of these uh, silly avatar things. Uh, Hammond, what what song are they going to be guaranteed to play? What are uh, you going to hear? All right. Well, I feel like they're going to be guaranteed to play all of these. But yeah. uh, SOS, Waterloo, Dancing Queen, and I think that the choice is going to be Thank You for the Music. 
Yeah, I would have I would have said Dancing Queen, and I am so happy to tell you, Hammond, that you are absolutely right. Thank the, you for the music. Even though it was a later song. The reason is they probably close every single show I was with it. Just gonna say exactly. I'm sure they do. Like I'll I haven't looked at their set lists, their actual set lists, but um I'll bet you're exactly right that every show closes with thank you for the music. Let's look at 1980. And let's look at an actual concert. Can I? Here we go. Average set list for the year 1980. Oh, interesting. They open with uh, Voulez-Vous, uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You, Chiquitita, Money, 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 Gimme, 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 Fernando, Fernando, Fernando. <laughs> um, it has to be in threes. Good for you. It has to be in threes. But uh, the they play Thank You for the Music uh, two-thirds of the way through the first set, even before the encore. Wow. And they close with Dancing Queen and Waterloo in their encore. So Wow. That surprises me because I would feel, I would have... I would have bet that you were exactly right that um, the typical closers would be, the typical closer would be, uh, thank you for the music. Yeah, well, they're waving and the lights are ballyhooing around. Right. And Yeah, I'm even going to look. Let's see here. Uh, the way old friends do is their, their closer. Very interesting. interesting. I, I would not have. All right, so uh, let's, let's get back to the um, set list songs. Uh, thank you for the music is number one. SOS, Waterloo, Intermezzo number one, fourth in the list. Wow. Very frequently played, surprisingly. Uh, Rock Me, Dancing Queen, Fernando, which I didn't realize until now, is a an Anna Fried song that ABBA covered. So she must have released a version of it before the version you find on uh, Voulez-Vous. Uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You, Money, 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 and why did it have to be me? Very surprising. If you don't count that um, Anna Fried cover, Fernando, their most frequent covered song in concert is Not Bad At All, which is a Thomas Ledden cover. Oh, wow. And uh, School's Out by Alice Cooper. No, I'm kidding. Right, wouldn't that be great? Uh, Danny Boy by Frederick uh, Weatherly. Um, Alley Cat by Bent Fabric. I'm kind of surprised that I in the Sky is not on there. I in the Sky is not on there. <laughs> uh, it would be great if I know there's something going on was listed as a, uh, you know, like was a song that they covered in concert. Oh, that would be good. After, yeah, that would be good. Although that was what 1982, 83, so it would have been they weren't really touring during yeah. that whole yeah. gap. All right. Speaking of covers, let's talk about who we would like to hear ABBA covered. Uh, I'll go first because I wrote that in this order in the play in the show notes. Uh, listen, with the recent uh, resurgence of uh, this song, I think it would be a massive viral sensation and a really cool take if ABBA did a cover of Kate Bush's "Running Up That Hill." It's a good and take. I can, I can, I can hear this in my head so much that that I feel like it, it already must exist, even though I know it doesn't. That's a really, really good pick. Yeah, thanks. Be cool. I want to hear it now. I want yeah. it to happen. Yeah. Who do I have to pay to, to make this happen? ABBA. 
That's right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, how about you, Hammond? What, what cover would you like to hear? That All right. Be? So I picked a song called uh, The Way It Used to Be by Dream Theater. Uh, now, this is a kind of a poppy tune. It's super upbeat. And it talks about the kind yeah. of memories that you have and how you kind of hold them in your heart. I'd love to hear their arrangement. I'd love to hear their vocal treatment of it, especially the chorus. And wow. I would, I, I think this would be fantastic. And you know this song. I know it now because you uh, you made me listen to it. You you had me listen to you make me. You had me listen to it before the show, and I said, "Wow, this sounds like a U two song." Um, how long is that? I think uh, it's like five minutes, maybe. I was gonna say it felt like it felt singly. Yeah, it didn't feel super proggy. So it's super. It's it's one of their poppiest songs for sure. I could yeah, I could definitely see that. Cool, that's a good one. I'm glad you liked it too, and it's in yeah. original form. But you can totally see how ABBA could do it. I totally could. Yeah. Yep. I, they, you know, they, they feel like they could slather their paint all over any song. It feels like, uh, the ABBA sound would work in so many different styles. Look, I, and this I guy's think. a given, but we know that. <laughs> I can hear that too. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. Don't say sadly. It's absolutely right. But <laughs> by the way, uh, those of you listening, if you're not a listener to Coverville, go back and listen to the last two episodes of the year, the Coverville countdown and see if a cover of eye in the sky actually made it into the top 40 spoiler alert. It might have. Wow. Look at that. The influence yeah. of soundography on the music landscape at large. Exactly. How crazy is that? Uh, speaking of the music landscape at large, let's get into our playlist. This is where we have our own landscape of uh, the band that we're that we're talking about and saying, "All right, well, you've got your you've got your uh, myriad greatest hits that you can choose from, but what if you want to go deeper into some other cuts?" These are the songs that we would recommend you listen to. I'll start. Uh, first in my list is Rock Me. This is from Waterloo. And as we just learned, it's one of their most, most performed songs in concert, which is very surprising. It's a, uh, it's got such a fun uh, vibe. So I was kind of surprised when I heard it that it wasn't a hit, at least in the U.S. Maybe it's a bigger hit overseas, and ended up on one of those other greatest hits albums. But it's in the, it's, was... it's in the Madagascar top ten. Ah, <laughs> oh, darn it! We need to start paying attention to that one. <laughs> the Malagasy charts. That's right. Uh, number two, a band that really does not is not known for their recorded covers. Oh God, that's a, that's another big request to have a, just do a whole album of covers for your, for your follow-up release. Oh, uh, on ABBA, the album, they released Pick a Bale, Old Smokey, you know, on top of Old Smokey and uh, Midnight Special. Of those three songs in a mashup, 
together, which look, I'm a, I'm a cover for uh, suck, uh, for uh, covers. I'm a sucker for covers. <laughs> I'm a mashup for suckers. I'm a mashup for suckers. Isn't that what I said? I'm a sucker for mashups. I'm a mashup for anyway. I'm a uh, I'm a sucker for a mashup cover. So this this spoke right to me. Uh, Angel Eyes, which again we learned today it was a release, was single release in Europe, but not in America. This was a song from Voulez-Vu. I was so hooked on the chord progression of this song. I I love a chord progression that makes me distracted from the music or from the lyrics. Like, oh, this is cool. What am I listening to? What? Uh, where is this chord progression? This twist gonna gonna return? So, was happy for that one. And then we get to three. Yes, three because it's gonna put me into six all three of which come from The Visitors. Uh, The first one being Head Over Heels. Which again, I think we learned was another single released in Europe. this one I only had heard before as a cover, uh, a recent metal cover of ABBA did version of Head Over Heels. And this is so freaking gorgeous and infectious. It's great. Love it. Uh, another one is You Owe Me One. Uh, uh, another catchy tune. This one had me singing, um, singing it to myself after I was done listening to the album. And to find out this was actually a B-side, it wasn't even originally included on the album, really surprised me. It's got a super J-pop feel to it, which then probably surprises nobody that I'd include it on my uh, on my list. And the the bonus track, I have to have a sixth one in here because two for the price of one is quite possibly the weirdest ABBA song I've ever heard. And it's about a guy who goes to his local newspaper and, and a thing called the matrimonial pages, which I'm guessing are just the weird, uh, weird translation of the personals, and uh, tries to buy a threesome, and it turns out to be a woman and her mom, <laughs> which, <laughs> which if the if the chorus weren't so weren't as infectious as as it is, and it's and it's not even the. Uh, the 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 uh, Anna Fried and Agnetha doing the main vocals. It's a guy singing, and they're doing background vocals. 
I am so hooked on this damn song. I can't explain why. And to find out it's, you know, you read the lyrics and it's like, wait a minute, this is a dude buying a threesome in the newspaper. And it's a mom. And then one of the threesome is the girl's mom. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, your mileage may vary. Hammond, tell me about <laughs> your playlist. All right. Uh, the first one I picked was Eagle uh, from the album. I think this might actually be my favorite ABBA tune of all time. I, yeah. I really, really love this song. Um, it's more of, the, of a serious ABBA song. At least it comes across as more serious ABBA song when you listen. But it's really, really good. I love it. My next one is Santa Rosa uh, from Ring Ring. This is a great tune, and it reminds me of the monkeys a little bit because it's just so poppy and perky. Yeah, but there's also I think there's Good a comparison. I think the reason I said that was there. I feel like there's a, a a lyrical line that feels a little bit like the train to Clarksville. Mm, interesting. Maybe. Okay, I think that's what I was pulling out when I heard that. But still, there's a, there's a little, something in there that reminded me of the monkeys. And again, another great example of just pure pop at its most well-constructed and finest. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Intermezzo number one from ABBA. Uh, so... <laughs> I love this song. And I've got, again, so many vivid memories of ABBA when I was living in Germany. And with this one, I used to live, I used to lay on the living room floor and turn it way up when no one was home and listen to it while we lived in Gateway Gardens on Rhein-Main Air Force Base. Now, Rhein-Main Air Force Base and Gateway Gardens no longer exist. Okay. But uh, the memories were, I mean, like I could smell Gateway Gardens. (sighs) Like there's a, there was a, a kind of a, a, a wet foresty smell cause it was raining oh, cool. and the windows were open and I remember that. And then there's people who are always baking and they're, you know, you're oh. turning the music up, you're turning the music up so that you don't hear the, the engines of the planes cause you're right near the, the, the airport and the flight line and the, the whole bit. So, I mean, there's all that. And it was just so many, like I can feel the carpet under my head when I listen to it. <laughs> Between the uh, the baking and the trees outside, for whatever reason, I'm just envisioning it smells like black forest cake. Kind of. It was, I think it was more like brownies though, like hot brownies. Oh. So, but yeah, it's so many vivid memories. It was, it's crazy what music can do when you have something attached to it that firmly. Yeah. So then my next one is I'm a Marionette. This is also from the album. Uh, 
So I loved this song before Ghost covered it. Oh, did you really? Yeah, okay. I'd really, never heard it before Ghost covered it. And I really felt like I was on the inside when I looked at the album, like, oh, that's an ABBA cover. Why is he covering ABBA? And when I listened to it, I was floored with what he'd done with it first. Yeah. And then uh-huh. it just sealed the deal of just how good of a song it is. Because he he changed the key a little bit. He made it more ominous sounding. He talked to kind of focused on the the manipulation aspect of the lyrics which mm-hmm. doesn't play as prominently in the ABBA arrangement, but no. it's there. And it's so good. The The song and the cover. If you haven't heard either of them, well, I'll put a sample of the song here, but go listen to the ghost one too. Yeah, listen to the whole thing because it is. it also is one of those things that's like, God, I can't believe this is ABBA because it feels so minor key. And mm-hmm. like, there's so much here that is atypical for ABBA. But even still... It still comes across as an ABBA song if you are familiar with the more serious side of the ABBA catalog. Yeah, yeah. Because for every dancing queen, there's a I'm a marionette. Yeah. So the next one I have is Chiquitita from Boulevou. the song i love the build the light voices with the sometimes incongruent arrangements there's something about it that it just it's not always right with the song but like there's they're telling a sad tale but because of the way it's arranged and the way they're singing about it they're kind of like they're kind of convinced themselves it's gonna be okay mm, yeah right and so therefore it kind of lightens the blow of kind of a song that could be kind of a dour downer and yeah. uh I, when I listen to it, I, I kind of dawns on me that this might be them trying to convince themselves, the, whoever the storyteller is, convince themselves that everything's going to be okay. It's it's got great lyrics. I had never read the lyrics before um, before this listening to Chikatita, and um, uh, it made me want to go back and look at some of the lyrics to some of their other songs just to see if, like, under the the pop frosting, there were lyrics like this, you know, really pensive and deeper lyrics than, than the face value of the high repetition. And yeah. And, um, I, mean, it, pop. It, I mean, with, with the way ABBA does things, they could be singing a song about Jeffrey Dahmer and you'd never know just because it sounds so poppy and happy. <laughs> right. They already do. It's called give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. <laughs> Speak. Oh, wait, before we jump into the wrapping up the show, yeah. Did you did you find the X-rated Spice Girl song? Oh, I did. Yes, yeah, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I did. It's on YouTube, and uh, I disagree with uh, Mel Chisholm saying that it's not really a piece of shit. I think it's actually it's it's poppy and fun. It's it's a throwaway song, but it's hardly it's hardly terrible. Okay. Yeah, and it's hardly anything to be for them to be uh, bothered by as far as its offensiveness in the title and the you know the cheeky uh, title because I mean their biggest hit is about before we can be together you need to get with my friends yeah yeah <laughs> you get we got to test drive you before we can we can become a thing right exactly if they approve you then I'm all in yeah 
yeah. so to speak. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, next time here on Soundography. Uh, Vince Clark. Does that name not sound familiar? Well, it will be by the time you listen to the next episode because we're going to talk about Yaz, Erasure, and a little band called Depeche Mode, all of which featured Vince Clark, keyboardist and song arranger extraordinaire. Uh, he's he's had his hands in so much stuff that he's going to be a great topic for this as far as the um, uh, the the body of work that he's been involved with. And it's going to be really fun picking songs across all three of those bands to um, uh, to make up our playlist. And, and to be fair, uh, we have discussed doing him since season one. We have, yeah. This has been on our list of people to do since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because we thought it would be fun not to focus on a band, but a person who's who's joined and left and been part of so many different bands, so... Yep. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, so that's it. There we go. That's what you're going to hear next time. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this time. If you want to reach out and touch us, do it via email. Uh, would you please? Soundography or, or, or wash your hands beforehand. <laughs> that's right. Maybe a wet wipe, a, a Purell. I don't know. Uh, soundographypodcast at gmail.com is the email address to use. You can find us on Twitter at the Soundography. Soundography.com is the website where you'll find all of our previous episodes. It's a great resource, a great place to start with. Each episode does have a uh, show notes that includes a link to our Spotify playlists uh, for our, our five to six songs we each pick, as well as a link to Amazon where you can buy a recommended album. I'm actually going to suggest people go to Voulez Vous as opposed to one of the greatest hits albums. Everybody's got ABBA Gold. Go check out Voulez Vous and get the rest. Get the yeah, rest ABBA, of the story. ABBA Gold is distributed along with uh, Eric Clapton Live. It just you have exactly. them. They, they exactly. They're in the collection. Yep, the unplugged Eric Clapton unplugged. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, uh, Rattle and Hum. Yes, right. Squeeze uh, singles forty five and under. Oh yes, yeah. uh huh. Yep. Yeah, there's there's probably we could probably do what a special show. For patrons, albums everybody has. Yeah, or what would we say about them that people already oh, don't no, know? No, and I think it would just be like maybe when they came out or why it was so ubiquitous. But there's oh, probably maybe. there's there's there easily twenty albums that everybody has owned at one point. Yeah, that'd be an interesting survey, actually. Like, what album do you have in your collection that you think everybody has in their collection? Not counting like. I just link to it in streaming, but I actually physically own either a uh, CD or the album on yeah. vinyl or and, the and it's weird because like like there's some that my wife owned that I never thought she'd ever own. Like when we got married, yeah. we were going through you know kind of putting all of our stuff together, emerging. Yeah, yeah, and she had you know the black album from Metallica. She had oh wow. She had uh, uh, the couple of the. Uh, the Bloodhound Gang albums, which totally shocked me because she... <laughs> that is surprising. Yeah, why would anyone own those albums? But yet we both owned it, which means we really were meant to be together. No kidding. Yeah, there are some <laughs> some weird albums like that that if you both own them, then it's like, all right, this is, this is kismet right here. Yeah. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash soundography and support us there. Uh, we just released a... Um, a new movie uh, episode. Actually, if you're a patron, you would have gotten that before this one just because of the way time travel works. But um, uh, make sure to check 
that out and support us there. And of course, lastly, if you love the show, leave a review somewhere where other people can discover it, uh, whether that's iTunes or Apple Music or uh, Spotify, anything like that. I'd love to get your, we'd love to get your feedback. And of course, if there's something you uh, are, have a question about for the show, uh, email us, let us know. We'll be happy to answer it. Yep. Hammond, anything to close out ABBA and our first recorded episode of 2023? No, I think that this is a great way to start. I really do. I think so too. Start the beginning, right at A and B. Uh, okay, well then on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brandon but saying thanks for listening. We will see you right here next time on Soundography. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>